Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trana here with you. It is Wednesday, July 21st, and we are back on our five-day-a-week schedule here at the Locked On Podcast Network here on the NFL Network. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right data. And Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you with the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, on today's show, we are continuing our preview of the New York Giants 2021 opponents. And as mentioned yesterday, we are going to take a look at an opponent that the Giants don't see very often, and that would be the Los Angeles Chargers. And here to help me break all that down are the co-hosts of the Locked On Chargers podcast, David Drogemeyer and Daniel Wade. And gentlemen, let me welcome you to the program. Patty T, thank you for inviting us. Uh, We just learned about that nickname shortly before recording, which I had to use. But I mean, it's fun talking football. And we haven't really gone down the list and talked about the opponents that we're going to face this year. So this is going to be fun. And this is the first time in a long time that it's not the Eli Manning versus Philip Rivers conversation, right? Because the last time, 2017, first time in Los Angeles, first year in Los Angeles, but it was still Eli at the helm, still Philip Rivers at the helm. Now it's new. Now it's the Daniel Jones versus Justin Herbert show, which doesn't have the same uh, link between it, right? Well, actually, guys, uh, funny story. Actually, two pieces of little uh, of trivia for you. Number one, the Chargers is a team that the, that Eli Manning, one of two teams Eli Manning never beat in his career. You know, uh, yeah, it just, I didn't even know, think about that. You know that that that's that was just, I guess, fate, right? I mean, just dessert, you, yeah. Yeah, Chargers fans I guess. had a lot of fun with the Sheila Manning and uh, all the posters that they like <laughs> to create. I mean, they are very bitter. They were very bitter for a long time over his decision. I have to point that out because that is a very true fact. I mean, I, I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it. One other little piece of trivia for you: I had heard that when Justin Herbert. Um, was just made the decision to go back to school. There was some talk about him, you know, possibly entering the draft. I heard the giants were really interested in him and they probably would have gone with him had he come out. And of course he went back to school and the giants went in a different direction, but I had heard they were very, very high on him. I remember reading Dave Gettleman went personally to scout him. And so who knows, Justin could have, could have been a giant for all, you know, had, had things worked out differently. Yeah, Tom Telesco actually said that he was in on him that year as well. As if he would have came out his junior year, they were prepared to take him then. So, I mean, it just seems it's crazy how long NFL officials are in on players. It seems like once they got their guy, they're zoned in and they're like targeted on that guy until they get him. Well, and it's crazy too, just because people forget what was thought of Herbert, you know, coming out of that draft class. Had he come out in 2019, I mean, he was thought of as potentially, you know, in the mix for the top quarterback in that draft class. Then he goes back to school and maybe was thought less of, you know, after going back to school for another season. So that is a weird dynamic. But 
Now it's Danny Dimes and Justin Herbert. I'm excited for the matchup. It's always nice to get these that you don't see very often, right? Especially when there is a little bit of history like we talked about. Sure. And we're going to talk about Justin Herbert. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. And gentlemen, I'm going to start off with a big picture question for both of you. Brandon Staley, new head coach, new program. What have you learned about him so far as far as, you know, how he's going to be managing the program, the culture he's looking to build and the schemes that they're looking to put in place? Yeah, I mean, a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's he's overhauling everything. Everything's going to be completely different, completely new. Uh, I think we'll start on the defensive side because that's, I mean, what he's coming in as. He comes in as the former defensive coordinator of the number one overall defense last year with the Rams. Um, and so he's bringing a defense that is is going to change. That's going to be more multiple. Uh, I mean, last year's defense, the cover three under Gus Bradley, it was, hey, you, you know, we have the players that are going to have to fit to the scheme not the other way around. And, and so that that's what I think I'm very excited about the defense is they're going to use multiple different personnel groupings. They're going to try to stretch the, the offense out, make them very stressed out. They're going to, they're going to use uh, just a lot of those different things to try to get the offense off of their spot. So I'm really excited about what he's going to do on the defensive side and on the offensive side, it's going to be completely new as well, Daniel. I mean, they're bringing a lot of the uh, aspects of the New Orleans Saints passing uh, passing game over, obviously with Joe Lombardi, and then also some of the running concepts from San Francisco. They're taking bits and pieces from some of the most successful offenses in the NFL and trying to incorporate that and build an offense specifically for Justin Herbert. Well, I think the little bit of uncertainty about it is a little bit anxious and exciting, right? Because even with Brandon Staley's side of things, the defense last year was crafted around Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, made around their best players. We don't know what the defense is going to look like now that it's centered around Derwin James and Joey Bosa. But offensively, it is very exciting because they went after guys from winning over organizations. You go get Joe Lombardi, who spent a ton of time with the Saints. Same with Frank Smith. Then you go get Shane Day, who spent time as the quarterback's coach for San Francisco. Then you have some Green Bay ties in there as well with Kevin Kroger, who they brought in. So there's a lot of different winning cultures that they're trying to draw from. Obviously, it all sounds very nice, but until you see it out there, it's hard to get too carried away with it. But yeah, there is a theme to it. It's a lot of different personnel groupings. It's getting a lot of different mismatches out on the field, and it's trying to dictate to the other team what you're going to do. We're going to dictate what we're doing offensively. And then when you bring this in defensively, we're going to counter it by doing this. And that's one of the things you've heard from the players is it seems pretty funny because it's like, hey, we know if they come out in this personnel group, we're going to come out in this personnel group. And it's like, were we not doing that all along? I guess not. Right. So mm-hmm. that is kind of a new refreshing thing. And I think after only seeing Brandon Staley as defensive coordinator for one season and bring that Rams defense to what he did, I'm really excited uh, to see what it looks like in the Chargers version of it. Now, you guys could have had Jason Garrett. I know he interviewed for the position, but Jason Garrett not selected. I'm sure nobody out there is is uh, shedding any tears about that. But you know, sticking with the uh, with the um, offense for a moment, you mentioned uh, Daniel. You mentioned Shane Day, who takes over for Pep Hamilton. It seemed like you know Justin Herbert under Pep Hamilton really came on strong. Um, look very promising. What are some of the differences you guys think, 
we're going to see with how Shane Day approaches working with Justin Herbert versus 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 how Pep Hamilton worked with him. That's a good question. And I think we're, we don't really know the full scope of it yet. I think we'll see it a little bit more in training camp. But so far, what you have heard from them is, hey, we don't want to take anything away that Pep Hamilton did. We want to build on it, right? And I think that's the tough thing, especially when you're switching coordinators, switching coaches. And Justin Herbert is very familiar, right? Like six different offensive coordinators the last six seasons. But it is, I think, a little concerned because – as much as the old coaching staff was criticized, you have to also give some credit for, you know, putting out there one of the most impressive rookie seasons from a quarterback that we've ever seen. So now Pep goes to Houston. The Chargers have Shane Day. And I think the biggest thing that they've touched on now is just a transparency. It's, you know, he's texting me at two o'clock in the morning to ask me this about the offense and just the communication that's going on between not just Justin Herbert and Shane Day, but also Joe Lombardi, also, Brain and Staley, and that's been such a key thing for this new coaching staff. It's been communication, and when you hear them in the press conferences, you're getting a different level of communication and transparency that you've got with the other coaching staff. So I think that's a big part of it, and I think it's – let's not mess this up, right? We already have something pretty good here. Let's try to build on top of that. Let's get him as comfortable as we can in this new offense, and from what we've heard come out of it, it seems like it's going pretty well so far. We'll see how it translates in training camp coming up in a couple of weeks. All right. Now, looking outside of the quarterback at the rest of the offense, the offensive line, the skill position players, where's your biggest concern on offense? Yeah, I think the biggest concern on offense, I mean, I mean, it's also uh, something that's very exciting. It's just you have a, a whole brand new offensive line that's completely overhauled and revamped. I mean, there's only one returning starter from last year. That's Brian Bilaga. And I mean, they had to do that. I mean, the offensive line last year did not cut it. It was one of the worst in the NFL, both in pass blocking and run blocking. They, they couldn't really do anything well. So, you know, the Chargers didn't do the easy thing, you know, by keeping some of the guys they probably could have brought back on cheaper contracts. They just scrapped everything and they redid it completely. So they bring in. Corey Lindsley, one of the best centers in the NFL. I think you feel really good about that. You, I mean, you feel good about the guys they brought in. I mean, they get lucky and they get Rashawn Slater in the draft. They bring in Matt Filer from the Steelers. They get Ode Abushi from the Lions. A lot of, like, obvious upgrades there. But I think the concern is, is how quickly are they going to be able to gel? I mean, because that, I mean, the communication and being able to just play next to each other for offensive linemen, that chemistry is incredibly important. I think you feel really good about the skill position players. The Chargers have very good wide receivers. They have very good running backs. I think the tight end position, I mean, there's some players there that have some some ability for sure. I mean, Donald Parham is a giant. He's six foot eight and he has a giant wingspan as well. So he's a big target, still very raw. But uh, I think it's just how quickly uh, is this new offensive line going to gel and how quickly is this new offense as a whole going to be comfortable with everybody, all the components, all the players that are going to be in it. All right, plenty more coming up with Dan and David, the co-hosts of the Locked on Chargers podcast. Folks, if you are looking for the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, check out Bet online on your laptop or mobile device. They have sign-up bonuses, contest information, and when you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a fifty percent 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena, and we are previewing the New York Giants 2021 opponents. And today we are taking a look at the Los Angeles Chargers, whom the Giants see on December 12th. So a little later in the year, the Giants will be out in Los Angeles for that road game. And helping me break down the Los Angeles Chargers are the Locked On Chargers co-hosts, Dan Wade and David Drogemeyer. Very happy to have them on here. We we always enjoy talking ball amongst ourselves here at the Locked On NFL Network. And uh, these are a couple guys I don't get to talk to very often. So happy to have them on the program. And guys, we're going to flip the page over now to the defensive side of the ball. And guys, we've got to start with Joey Boza. He's coming off of that injury. Where is he in his rehab? And realistically, what can you expect? I mean, that's a serious injury he had. So realistically, what are the expectations for him coming off that injury? I think the expectations are as high as they can be because he did have, I I think at one point he had seven injuries on the injury report. It's still the record of the most I've seen on a single week. Like they had to like extend the page to show how many things he was dealing with last year. But at the same time, what ended his season was actually head injuries. And that's what's scary, right? Because he had a couple of concussions last year. He was very open about, hey, there was a couple days I just sat in my room and didn't get out of bed, right? And he, you know, dealt with some depression and things like that. That's all super real stuff. And when it's head stuff, it's not the same rehab, right, as when you tear your ACL or something of the like. So I think that's the most important thing now is he feels like he's in a really good headspace feels like he's fully recovered. There's nothing lingering from last season. And he spent the most time away from the team during the voluntary offseason workout. So it seems like he's taking as much time as he can. Stay away from, you know, anything that could potentially make it worse at this point. And I think with Brain and Staley in this group, one of the things that they've really preached is so far no competitive 11-on-11s, 11 so far no competitive one-on-ones. They haven't really given these players a chance to re-injured themselves unnecessarily, right? And that's been a big change. This is the first time we've seen them roll this out at this time of year. I mean, before we were seeing some full speed things at this point, we also had seen some injuries already at this point. There's nothing worse than that, right? You do at least want to make it to the season. But for Joey Bosa, if you look at the template that's already been set by with the guys that Brandon Staley has worked with last year was Aaron Donald. Before that, it was Von Miller. Before that, it was Khalil Mack. So there already is kind of what you think you're going to see from Joey Bosa. And I think the exciting thing is, you know, Brandon Staley is going to get the most out of him like he's done with some of these other guys. But the other part that's exciting is how is he going to use Joey Bosa to elevate the guys that aren't on Joey Bosa's level, get more you know, production out of the Jerry Tilleries, of the Uchenna and Wosus who's stepping into a full-time role on the edge on the other side. So as much as I'm really, really excited for this defense, I do think Joey Bosa is going to have, if healthy, one of his best seasons yet. 
Yeah, I agree because he's going to be featured. I mean, he's going to be they're they're going to be actively scheming to get him more one on one opportunities. And I think he's shown with a nearly twenty five percent pass rush win rate that if he gets one on one opportunities more times than not, he's converting them. All right, now guys, um, Dan, you actually touched on this a little bit. You you mentioned getting more out of the other pass rushers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Melvin Ingram is not coming back. If I'm not Am I correct on that? Okay, I am correct. They're shaking their heads. Yes. Um, so that's that being said, who's number two? Who who are you guys looking for to step up and kind of you know? Because otherwise, if you don't have a good number two, Joey's going to get you know doubled and triple teamed. And so, who do you think is going to step up and be the guy to keep an eye eye on in that uh, pass rush? It's undoubtedly Uchenin Wosu. He's going into his fourth season. He was a second round pick from a few years ago, and he's in a contract year, but he's never played more than 40% of the snaps defensively in any season. When he has played, he's been effective, and he has some moments already. He has a moment in 2018 in the playoffs. He stripped Lamar Jackson to seal that win for the Chargers to move them on to the next round against the Patriots. But there was a disconnect with the former staff, right? It seemed like at times... They were afraid to put him on the field in a full-time basis. I don't know if that's just because he didn't necessarily fit the Leo defensive end in Gus Bradley's scheme, and they just didn't see him as a guy that was out there with his hand in the dirt on every play on a full-time basis. But there's been flashes when he's out there. I mean, his pass rush win rate from last year was, I think, top 15 in the league in very, very limited snaps. So there's some excitement, right? But there's also some pause there, and I think, when you're talking about depth, which is the biggest thing we have with this team, right? I mean, I like the pieces they have on the top level. Their top tier guys are very good. If something were to happen to Joey Bosa, if something were to happen to Chen and Wosu, I think that's the bigger question. We have Kyler Fackrell, a guy that you're very uh, familiar with, just came from the Giants. Before that, he was with the Packers. He is now a key backup role, and I think he fits well because he's played the outside linebacker standing up position. He's dropped into some coverage and things like that. But after him, it's Chris Rump, a fourth-round pick from this year. And you really don't know what you're going to get from an undersized fourth-round pick. But I think the exciting thing is the 3-4 defense that the Chargers are transitioning to, I do think fits in Wosu better. A former USC product who had a lot of success in college is still trying to let that translate in the league. But this does seem to skip fit his skill set better. The Chargers are expecting big things, and he's going to have to perform because they put a lot of their eggs in that basket. I think Uchenin Wosu has the starting role. Kyler Fackrell is going to be a reserve. Get on the field, you know, in little spots here and there. But if it's not him, there are serious questions about it. I'm bullish on him, but the most sacks he's ever had in a season is four and a half, so you can't get carried away. My bigger question is, Where's the pass rush going to come from on the interior? Because the three starters in the 3-4 defense for the Chargers didn't have more than three sacks put together last year. Justin Jones, Limbaugh Joseph, Jerry Tillery. Those guys have not shown at this point that they can get a pass rush on the interior. And just like you said, hey, you can double Joey Bosa if there's nobody on the other side. It's a lot easier to hold off the tackles on the outside when there's no push in the pocket. So as much as I think is the edge is a question, I do have big questions about this team on the interior, and I think there's a lot of faith that Brandon Staley is going to take these guys who haven't produced 
and get more out of that specific area because that's been something that's plagued them for a few seasons at least. Now, the other part of the pass rush is the back end of the defense, as we all know. you got to be able to hold your coverage. Do the Chargers have a cornerback one that you guys feel comfortable with? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I okay. think the Chargers have a prototypical corner. I mean, if you build a corner, I think from the ground up, you're looking at a guy that has the measurables of Michael Davis. Michael Davis is tall. I mean, he's six foot two. He's got world class speed. He runs a easy four three. He can keep keep up with any team's uh, number one wide receiver. We've seen him run stride for stride with guys like Tyreek Hill. I mean, he has that type of ability, and he's kind of a homegrown guy. He was an undrafted free agent for the Chargers that really worked his way up and improved and got better year over year. I mean, Dan and I used to really joke and get on Michael Davis because he had a really hard time turning his head around and looking for the football, which obviously that turned into a lot of pass interference penalties because if you're not looking for the ball, then you're going to get flagged. But to his credit and to the credit uh, of him working with some of the, the coaches, he improved on that. And then as soon as you saw him do that on a regular basis, you got really excited that this guy has all of the abilities all of the ingredients that you are looking for in a top flight corner and he got a contract this offseason that shows everyone that the chargers believe in him and that he's ready to take that next step and the good thing is he's only 26 years old so he's got a lot of room to grow and i think getting to work with brandon staley and ronaldo hill and this new staff i think you're really excited about what he is going to be able to do i think the bigger question is how confident are you with the player that's playing on the other side of Michael Davis? I think we have a lot of confidence in Michael, but what is going to be that other cornerback spot? I think it's going to be a little bit of Chris Harris Jr. It's going to be a little bit of the second round pick, Asante Samuel Jr. But um, is Chris is Chris uh, healthy? Is he still got the juice uh, after being in the league over 10 years? And how is the second round pick going to look and how quickly is he going to be able to help? Those are the big questions for me. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers definitely think Michael Davis is the number one corner, but that's happened recently. And this is the first season in a while where Casey Hayward Jr. isn't the guy, right? Casey Hayward's not back with the team, just like Melvin Ingram. Those are two staples of the defense. But I think the one thing people are overlooking is neither one of them played anywhere near where they had last season. So as much as on paper, yes, you lose Melvin Ingram, you lose Casey Hayward, that's a big loss. The two players weren't helping them when they were on the field last year. I mean, it was a detriment many times. Casey Hayward Jr. was one of the worst corners in the league on deep balls last year. He got deep, beat deep several times. So they paid Michael Davis like a number one corner. They brought Chris Harris Jr. back in a key role to play outside and sub packages play inside. But yeah, it's either an undrafted free agent and Brandon Faison who's out there if it's you know not Asante Samuel Jr. And we just don't know what that learning curve is going to be like for him. If he has a big camp, I don't think there's any doubt he's the most talented other corner they have. And I think the sooner they can get him on the field, I'm okay right with dealing with the bumps that will come on that road, especially for an undersized guy just like his dad was. I'm okay with it. Let's get him out there, have him get that experience right and build up that confidence so it can pay dividends later on in the season hopefully you know when you're trying to push for a playoff spot all right folks plenty more coming up with dan and dave of locked on chargers but first if you're looking for a healthy delicious treat to satisfy your sweet tooth check out built bar 
Available in nut and nut-free varieties, Built Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering. Each Built Bar flavor not only tastes good, but it's the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth with a high-protein, low-calorie, and low-sugar treat. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast, and Dan Wade and David Drogemeyer are from Locked on Chargers. They are helping us become acquainted with some of the storylines of the Los Angeles Chargers, things that, you know, are going to help shape the Chargers season and some names and whatnot that we're going to probably want to pay attention to when the game does come up on the Giants schedule much later in the year in December, like I mentioned before. So gentlemen, let's get back to our conversation and under the radar players, who are some names that really aren't making a lot of headlines or news outside of the Los Angeles area that you feel are ones that we need to keep an eye on as the season gets underway. So I'll start here. I mean, I think there's a few guys that aren't really on the radar of most people. I think one of the guys we're most excited about is Drew Tranquil, who's going to be a key part of this team, mostly because he came on, had a really impressive rookie season at linebacker in the middle, and he's going to be playing there with Kenneth Murray, both guys who were expecting, you know, to take a step this season under Brandon Staley. But he got hurt on the first series last year, had a brutal injury on the first series of the season. So we got to see him and Kenneth Murray barely on the field together. But he's a guy who's pretty inspiring, especially for some of the younger guys on the Chargers, because he came in, made his way onto special teams, blocked two punts, and then ended up out there defensively. Like he just did all the things you want to see from a guy who's a fourth round pick or later. Make your you know earning on special teams. Find a way to get on the defense. And once you get there, make it count. So we didn't see any of Drew Tranquil last year. And I think this year having him and Kenneth Murray in the middle is something that a lot of Charger fans are really, really excited to see back out there because the linebacking core for the Chargers wasn't a strength for them last year. And I think many fans think it will be for them this year. So he's a guy that I'm really excited about. And I think a big unknown for this team will be Josh Palmer because they spent a third round pick on him, even in a very deep receiving room. They obviously see something in him, right? It was thought to be a reach. A lot of people thought he might be a fifth round pick, but this team ended up taking him in the third round. He could just be a Mike Williams future replacement. He's the guy who's meant to play on the outside. But all he did in college was beat guys like J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan and Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes Jr. That's literally what the coaching staff said. Hey, we wanted this guy because when we turned on the tape of corners we thought about taking, he was burning every single one of them. They ended up bringing in former Tennessee defensive coordinator, who Derek Ansley, who got to see him every day in practice. And so far, I mean, the guy looked like he was wearing shoulder pads when he showed up for OTAs, and there was no shoulder pads out there. So the guy physically looks like a pro already. He's the only receiver they brought in specifically for this new offense. So you just wonder what they have in store for him. Those are two guys I'm most excited to watch this year. Yeah, I think for me, starting on offense, I mean, as a guy I mentioned earlier, it's Donald Parham Jr. I mean, the the guy is just gigantic. I mean, 
he's a guy that was very efficient. I mean, it seemed like every time he caught the ball last year, he was scoring a touchdown. So, and, and there's also some missed opportunities out there. I mean, in very limited snaps, I think he's a guy who's only going to get better. And, and under the tutelage of Jared Cook, who's a longtime veteran in this league, is going to help teach him how to play this position, how to play in the NFL. I think that's going to be very offense. fruitful for him. Uh, I'm very excited about that um, because he's he's a guy who who could look like a Jimmy Graham. I, I think he has that type of uh, of prototype for for his career. And then on the defensive side, it's Nazir Adderley. I'm really excited. I mean, this is a guy we've been really big on for years. I mean, just love the the instincts and the ball skills. That's something we saw pretty much immediately in 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 preseason and in training camp. This is a guy that had a propensity to get his hands on the football. So I think in this new defense, when you're going to see more of the split safety look, instead of having that last line of defense kind kind of free safety, I think that's going to help him be closer to the football and ultimately be able to get his hands on more balls and be a more productive member of this defensive secondary. All right, guys, final question for both of you. This is kind of a two-parter, all right? So let's talk matchups here. Whether it be position group or individual, what matchups with the Giants, based on what you know about the Giants personnel, and obviously I don't know how, how closely you followed it, but what matchups concern you the most when it comes to the Chargers and and whether or not they can meet, match up with the Giants? And likewise, which matchups do you think the Chargers might have the advantage over the Giants? So I, I'll start. I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I'll start here. I mean, I think for the Chargers, one of the big matchups that you hope will favor them will be the edge rushers versus the Giants offensive line. I mean, testing out Andrew Thomas going into year two, I think that'll be a nice kind of measuring stick game. Just be like, hey, you have something that on paper right now looks like a good matchup for you. I'm looking at James Bradbury, though. I mean, one of my favorite corners, I think one of the most underrated corners in this Chargers receiving core. Is it going to be James Bradbury versus Keenan Allen, right? That would be a matchup I think that would excite a lot of people because Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in the league. James Bradbury is still looking to get his due. That would be a good game for him to be like, hey, I'm here. Give me the respect I deserve. Look what I just did to Keenan Allen, right? I think that's an easy poster point in the locker room. So. Those are two matchups, I think, one that could benefit the Chargers and one I'm just really excited to see if it ends up taking place on the field. Yeah, I think for me, I'm going to I'm going to go with a matchup I'm concerned about. And and it's because the Chargers run defense has been quite awful the last couple of seasons. It's Saquon Barkley against the Chargers defensive line. I, I think that's. That's something I'm very, very concerned with. I mean, I know that the only thing we have to look at is what this Chargers defense looked like in the past, but the personnel hasn't changed too much on the interior, and that's one of the position groups on this team that we're most worried about. So I don't know if they've they've done enough. I mean, hey, we'll see what the scheme does, but that's definitely a matchup that I am not looking forward to, and I think I might lose a little sleep over as far as Saquon versus the Chargers defensive line. And Kenny Galladay versus anyone in the Chargers secondary right now. I mean, Michael Davis is the most physically, you know, able. He seems like the matchup it would be. But it's hard to say you're going to put 5'10 Asante Samuel Jr. on him or Chris Harris Jr. who's sitting about 5'10, 5'11 as well, right? So, I mean, that looks like a mismatch in its own right because the Chargers, I mean, the Giants do have a pretty good receiving core too, right? You added Kenny Galladay. You already have guys like Darius Slayton in the room already. 
They so get that's Kadarius Tony in the first round too. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. I mean, he a Kadarius Tony Asante Samuel Jr. matchup, rookie on rookie. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Both those guys' skill sets match up pretty nicely too against each other. Physical slot corner size dude. And Kadarius Tony, one of the most electric players in college football. So I think there's going to be a lot of really good matchups, but that Giants defense was already there. That Giants offense rebuilt, coming out, looking brand new. I'm excited to watch it. I got one question for you, actually, and and it's about the uh, it's about the fumbles for Daniel Jones. I mean, is that a concern for you going into year three? Because 18 fumbles in the in the last couple of seasons. That, that's, I think that was just his rookie season. I mean, he had oh my god, fumbles. twenty plus. No, I mean, right? It's, he he he's been a turnover machine. Um, he actually got a little bit better with that. Believe it or not, towards the, towards the end of last year, he started to get a little bit better. But yeah, that was a concern because he would just hold the ball out there, you know, like like he was waving at at, at a friend. You know, he would just hold <laughs> it out there, and, sl- and I'd be screaming there. I'd be sitting there going, "Put the second hand on the ball," especially as you know, given his pocket awareness or lack of sure. pocket awareness. You know, sometimes he would just sit there, sit there, wait for something to happen. And at some point you got to say, okay, you know what? It's just not happening. I'll throw the ball. I'll live to see another down. And, you know, it's so hard. You don't want to knock the guy for being right. competitive. And, but at the same time, there's a fine line between being competitive and being smart and protect the ball. Sometimes I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes that was a problem and, you know, just the fundamentals and, when we as humans, you know, when we're trying to learn a new skill, sometimes when we're under stress or duress, or whatever, we revert back to what we know, which might be a bad yeah, habit. Habits. And I think that's what we saw with Daniel Jones. So, but yeah, that is a big concern, but um, he, he did show some improvement. I know he's been working on that during the off season. He's been working on a lot of things. My big concern, if I'm being honest with you guys, is the offensive line. I, I think they're going to be okay, but Show me, you know, because I've been, I've been, sure. I believed them before when they said, "Oh, the offensive line is going to be fine," and then we all know that it hasn't been. But I'm, I'm now at the show me stage. So yeah, they're expecting big yeah. things from three young players, right? I mean, I think yeah. they they had added three starters in the draft last year, and you're expecting these guys to come in and play, and not only play but play well. Yeah, well, and, and if flipping- anyone knows that blight, it's Charger fans, right? I don't oh, know yeah. how many times it's been <laughs> sold to us. Hey. We brought in a couple of veteran free agents. It's going to be a different offensive line now. I know Phillip Rivers throwing out some shoots somewhere in Alabama right now. Just looking at the offensive line they were able to put together. All right, guys, before we sign off, tell everybody where they can find you on social media, including what you got coming up on your show. Yeah, well, I mean, training camp's coming up. So that's the most exciting thing. We'll be out at training camp for the Chargers for some days. But you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. And, hey, I mean, we're all very excited about football coming up. It has a little different ring to it when you have a brand-new head coach, right? Because a lot of teams have gone through, hey, we just want something new. Chargers have something new, something shiny. And Justin Herbert going into his second season after looking like one of the best rookie quarterbacks that we've ever seen. So right now we're doing a bunch of positional group breakdowns. A lot of training camp primers, and as always, you know, big guests and great content, as I'm sure Patricia's putting out for you guys. So thanks for having us on, Patricia. We really appreciate it. And, hey, we have a crossover coming up during the season. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us today here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And, again, you can find David and Dan 
on the Locked On LAC podcast. That's the name of the podcast. They cover the Los Angeles Chargers. And folks, if you're still in the mood for some sports news, check out the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Peter Bukowski has all your news that you need in every major sport in under 20 minutes. And especially with the Olympics coming up, you'll want to tune in and get all the lowdown on what's going on over in Tokyo. Peter's got that for you. So again, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For David Jorgemeyer and Daniel Wade, I am Patricia Trainer. Make sure you tune in tomorrow here on the Locked On Giants podcast. We will have the Locked On Bears host, Lauren Cox. He will be on the show and he will be breaking down the Chicago Bears as we continue our previews of the New York Giants 2021 opponents. Until then, have a great one, folks.